throughout 2021, I do think that health and wellness and better for you is going to be stronger than ever. You know, we know consumers are looking for retailers and, and manufacturers, right, to help them boost health and specifically their immunity. And again, consumers are doing more proactively to take care of their physical and emotional health now versus before COVID. Welcome to Sense Life Bread. I'm your host, Charlotte Ashley, editor of Baking and Snack Magazine. This season, we are partnering with the research firm IRI to bring you a state of the industry report on how 2020 impacted baking and snack sales. We'll break down the data with three IRI analysts and hear from bakers who experience those numbers in real time. We'll even touch on how the industry can hold on to the sales growth from 2020 and build off that momentum. This episode of Send Slice Bread is sponsored by LaSoft. LaSoft proudly offers commercial bakers the world's finest ingredients for roll and bun production through its growing SAFPRO portfolio. Its products for rolls and buns are uniquely formulated to increase softness, enhance volume, and improve the overall performance of straight, sponge, and frozen doughs. In this episode, we're welcoming back Tim Grzebinski, Client Insights Leader at IRI, who will walk us through the data for bakery staples like bread, rolls, tortillas, and flatbreads. We'll also hear insights from Tim Latesto, Senior Director of National Retail Accounts for Alpha Baking Company and Luc Mongeau, president of Weston Foods, who experienced those strong sales numbers in their own sales. But first, let's set the stage with Tim Grzebinski of IRI. Welcome back to Scent Slice Spread, Tim. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. And uh, yeah, thank you again. So let's talk about the bread, rolls, flatbreads, and tortillas. How is the category doing compared to a year ago? Sure. When I look back at 2020, um, fresh bread and rolls dollar sales, about $15.1 billion. And it was up 11.7%, so almost 12% versus a year ago. And actually was outpacing the total bakery aisle, which was up um, a little over 8% in 2020. And to put that in perspective, pre-COVID dollar sales for fresh bread and rolls was actually flat in 2019 with with no dollar growth at all. And when looking at fresh bread and rolls unit sales in 2019, unit sales were actually on the the decline. So the the pandemic clearly benefited the fresh bread and, and roll category in 2020. So what is the data telling us about the bread and rolls category right now? So consumers are really gravitating towards essential bakery needs throughout the pandemic. So we really saw stronger dollar growth in categories like bagels. Bagels were growing over 22%. As I mentioned, bread and rolls, they were up you know, almost 12%. English muffins were growing um, almost 15%. And we really saw slower dollar growth or even declines in some cases in in some of the indulgent categories, uh, such as bakery snacks. So bakery snacks was only up um, a little over a percent in 2020. When we looked at pastries and donuts, dollar growth was up um, about three and a half percent. 
And pies and cakes was actually down. Um, dollar sales declined about 2.2%. So there really was, you know, a dollar share. So the dollar share within the bakery all really shifted um, slightly away, right, from those indulgent categories. You know, consumers, they still indulge throughout the pandemic, but at a slower pace compared to those essential bakery categories. You know, consumers were definitely focused on more meals at home. It was, you know, less on the go, less impulse. Um, you know, there were fewer and smaller celebrations and gatherings that really impacted that. And and lastly, you know, consumers really were spending uh, shorter amounts of time in stores. And um, it, again, it negatively impacted some of those sweeter, you know, bakery categories that were more impulse. So we see a lot of these categories being up and down. How did consumption kind of change for these categories? Sure. So consumers definitely increased their spending for in-home meals throughout 2020. And as I mentioned, it really benefited total edibles, so total food and beverage, and the bakery aisle. And looking specifically at bakery aisle consumers, I mean, they, they were also buying more bakery in 2020 than they did in 2019. So at buy rates, so that's their their dollar sales per buyer um, for the bakery aisle. It was actually up um, 10%. And then when I look specifically at fresh bread and rolls, um, that dollar sales buy rate was actually up almost 12%. So again, just really driven by consumers purchasing more within that category and within the aisle. And you know, it, it is interesting because when you look at many many categories in general. Um, a lot of them had a, a big increase in new buyers that really helped contribute to that growth. Um, but it was a little bit different within fresh bread and rolls specifically. About $1.8 billion of the net dollar growth uh, was really driven by retained buyers um, purchasing more. So that's existing buyers just buying a lot more um, fresh bread and rolls than they did a year ago. So it's very different dynamic than we saw across a lot of categories throughout the store. I got to speak to Luke Monjo, president of Weston Foods, about what these numbers looked like for the company's bakery items on the retail side. But he also told me how things played out on the food service side of the business. Let's hear from Luke. Well, overall, Charlotte, in the uh, retail channel, we, uh, we were able to grow the business quite a bit in 2020. We saw a lot of uh, positive trends, a lot of it driven by consumers wanting to uh, experience uh, restaurant-style meals uh, at home. So we saw a very significant growth in our tortillas and our bagels and our rolls uh, business. As consumers were recreating uh, restaurants on meal, their favorite restaurant meals at home. And how did that compare to the food service side of Weston Foods, bread, buns, and rolls? Yeah, food service was a bit of uh, two stories. The, uh, as you can imagine, the sit-down restaurant industry has been uh, greatly uh, negatively impacted in 2020. So that, that business was down significantly. For the QSR side of thing, I mean, there was a negative impact at the onset 
of uh, the pandemic. But as uh, QSR restaurants started reopening, especially the ones with a drive-through, uh, with drive-through windows, we saw a really strong recovery uh, of uh, that portion of the business um, starting uh, early spring. What were some of the contributing factors to those changes? Yeah, when we looked at the bakery aisle pre-COVID, you know, we saw a lot of health and wellness and better for you options were posting very strong growth and doing well. And, and not only, um, you know, in the, in the bakery aisle, but across total food and beverage. And a lot of that um, is really the, the definition of healthy is, is really shifted over the years. You know, I think once upon a time, you know, healthy to a lot of consumers was low calorie and, and, and low fat, but it's really changed. It's, you know, the definition of healthy these days is um, natural, no preservatives, you know, not, you know, no GMOs, um, organic, it's gluten-free, um, even vegan. All of those um, health and wellness claims did you know very well in, in 2019 and they continue to do well in 2020 as well. And you know we're also seeing you know items with the absence of negatives. So it's the removal of artificial ingredients, um, no artificial colors, no artificial preservatives. You know the absence of negatives uh, continues to have momentum in the bakery aisle and also you know fresh bread and rolls. So, I mean, we, we know with, like you were just saying, health and wellness and better for you is definitely having a moment with the bread and roll category, but are they driven? Is, is there any drive toward comfort as well in this category, or is it pretty much they're definitely still seeking out that healthier varieties? Yeah, great question. So, um, so a couple of things. So I think throughout 2021, um, I do think that health and wellness and better for you, um, is, is going to be stronger than ever. Um, you know, we know consumers, um, are looking for retailers and, and manufacturers, right. To help them boost health and specifically their immunity. Um, and again, consumers are doing more proactively to take care of their physical and emotional health now versus before COVID. Um, so during the pandemic, you know, we saw health and wellness and immunity offerings really across the total store, you know, really outpace just everyday food and beverage sales. And, you know, what else I think is really interesting, in general, um, assortment was down in 2020 as, as retailers really kind of hone in on, on core items. However, for these items within the bakery aisle, um, that possess these offerings from, you know, 100% natural, no preservatives, not, you know, no GMOs, organic, gluten-free, et cetera. You know, retailers were dedicating more shelf space to those items uh, versus a year ago. So, uh, you know, I think that's just going to, you know, continue um, to be successful throughout 2021. And then, so back to your question around comfort, I, I do think comfort also plays a role uh, I think consumers are are definitely looking for foods and meals that make them feel normal again. Um, so I think product positioning or creative meals aligned with comfort are, are going to continue to have success for the you know foreseeable future. So I, I do think that is definitely going to play a role. I think people 
really just want to feel normal again. Tim Latesto of Alpha Baking shared with me his thoughts on how these opposing trends of better for you and comfort continue to pull away from each other. Here's Tim. Yeah, it is reflected in our sales. I mean, I think I think this started, at least for us, we started noticing it before 2020, where, you know, I think things are pushing away from the middle toward the extremes a bit. You know, if you're going to have a healthy product, you really need to make sure it's clean. It has the health claims, you know, that it's... Uh, you know, one claim of high in fiber is probably not enough. You need to have no fi- high fructose corn syrup. You need to have other claims. Um, on the other end, I think if if you're going premium or comfort foods, you know, if it's premium, you really need to be able to tell from the ingredients to the look of the product that it is premium. It can't just be premium priced. And I think with with comfort foods, from what we've seen, you know, having a sweet bread for breakfast bread is not enough. It really needs to be indulgent, which is what we heard from buyers many times. Can you do this, but more indulgent? You know, if it's comfort food, it really has to go all the way. And I think those items in the middle, at least for us that maybe had one health claim or had some inclusions, but not a ton, it's not enough anymore. You kind of have to be the most at whatever you're, you're trying to do. So in our inaugural season of Sincelli Spread, we asked industry leaders the question, how do you, how do we rejuvenate the sliced bread category? Because as you mentioned earlier, bread sales were flat in 2019. And now, and then the pandemic happened and the bread shelves were empty, especially in the spring. Does it look like consumers might have rediscovered sliced bread? I think, uh, you know, with the large number of consumers, you know, continuing to increase their in-home eating. Yeah, I think consumers have rediscovered sliced bread and sliced bread is is definitely benefited um, from the pandemic. Um, You know, consumers are definitely looking for convenient meal solutions, creative meal solutions. You know, a lot of staple categories have definitely have a lot of momentum um, during uh, the pandemic. So I think um, that absolutely has happened. And it was also interesting because I, I wanted to look at too, what type of innovation in 2020, you know, within, um, you know, Fresh Bread and Rolls was, was really hitting the mark with consumers. So some common themes that I saw uh, was really interesting. You know, brioche was was doing really well. There was a lot of um, brioche um, buns introduced in 2020. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of consumers trying to bring that restaurant experience home may have helped, you know, with, the, with that um, launch and that trend. You know, honey wheat launches. I saw a number of honey wheat launches. Um, a lot of butter loaf uh, launches as well. One in particular was was interesting to me, um, but they had partnered with Land O'Lakes Butter, so a premium butter, you know, in terms of licensing and, and having a launch uh, with that partnership. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, premium, there were a lot of premium and, and artisan brands that did well and that were launched organic. 
And then, you know, diets continue to influence some of the launches. We saw um, some keto breads launch, some thin slice launches as well throughout the year. Uh, so those are just some of the key themes that, that I saw that I thought were really interesting that were having some momentum in 2020. Weston Foods benefited from consumers' desire for meal solutions and recreating the restaurant experience at home. It also experienced a boost for bakery products that could meet needs no longer being met by the marketplace. Here's Luke again. Which products from Weston Foods, um, bread, buns, rolls, those bakery staples, that portfolio, which performed well and which, if any, struggled? Yeah, if we look overall, you know, if we if we look at Canada in uh, in the retail business, our Wonder Slice Bread, um, which is now non-GMO project verified, did did extremely uh, well, and we were able to grow household penetration in 2020. Our Ace, which is our artisan portfolio, our Ace Bake. A lineup of gourmet gourmet burgers and and sausage buns also did very well again as consumers could not enjoy their their premium burger at a restaurant they recreated uh, that uh, that experience uh, at home we saw as well very high demands for breakfast breads and we have a, uh, a new product we launched recently which is the ace bakery baguettes uh, bagel that did very well where we struggle charlotte a little bit is what we call the in-store bakery business, which is a bit of a pick your own. It's a single product that are in open uh, displays, and and either those 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 showcases, those displays were were closed, or people are shopping. You know, when they went to the grocery store, it was really destination. I, I go with a list, and I don't have time to to meander in the store. So these these type of products were negatively impacted um, in 2020. But the flip side of that, we had a, a lineup of uh, Ace uh, Artisan Bake Your Own, which are products that are par-baked, frozen, so sold um, in a single uh, single wrap uh, uh, package or, or, or warm at home products that did really well uh, that allowed to provide a great solution for, uh, for consumers. This episode of Scent Slice Bread is brought to you by LaSaf and its SafPro portfolio. NMI Extend Life by SafPro are natural mold inhibitors made from fermented ingredient blends. These clean label solutions impart no off flavors and extend the shelf life of finished baked goods, including buns and rolls. Visit LaSafYeast.com to learn more about Extend Life products and other clean label shelf life extension ingredients from SafPro. I did want to ask you about um, flatbreads and tortillas as well, because I know ahead of the pandemic, those categories were kind of cutting into the sliced bread sales. It felt, it seemed like anyway. How have those category, those products been impacting changing consumption? Yeah, you know, tortillas had a really strong year in 2020. Their dollar sales growth was up over 23% versus a year ago. And when I look at pita and flatbreads, 
their growth was about 15% versus a year ago. Um, so just doing extremely well. They, they outpaced, um, again, the total bakery aisle um, within 2020. And, you know, it, it, it's interesting. Um, so looking at the tortilla category, it's, it's the larger of the two categories. It's about $2.8 billion. And, you know, diving into pita and flatbreads during the pandemic, you know, the growth that I talked about at 15%, their growth was, was driven differently than the tortilla growth. So I talked a lot about existing and new buyers a, a minute ago in, in terms of you know, fresh bread and rolls. And when I dive into, um, you know, pita and flatbreads, their growth was driven by new buyers. So a lot of new buyers in 2020 were purchasing pita and flatbreads. So literally about 60% of the net dollar growth was due to new buyers for pita and flatbreads. And it was the exact opposite trend for tortillas. So yes, they were bigger. Yes, they had stronger growth. Um, but within the tortilla category, all of that growth was really driven from um, retained buyers. So existing buyers buying more. And, and the reason that matters is, you know, for, for bakery companies, you know, if you're producing tortillas and, um, you know, you really want to understand and focus on you know, maintaining those buy rates and those high levels of dollar sales per buyer of your existing buyers. You know, how do you go about doing that successfully? But then if you're PETA and flatbreads, it's really about, holy cow, we've got a ton of new buyers. Who are, what do they look like? And how do we keep them in our portfolio uh, and in our categories? So I think that's two different uh, areas of focus to try to maintain that momentum. And, uh, you know, I also wanted to, to look at tortillas and as well as pita and flatbreads. Again, what was what was doing well? What was some of the newer things uh, happening and the themes that I saw? So specifically within tortillas, you know, low carb offerings and, you know, carb friendly offerings uh, were either launched or existing items did really well. You know, we continue to see plant based, you know, grain free options. So things outside of your traditional grains. So it's things that are almond based, coconut based, pea based, etc. Those continue to have success in the tortilla category. Um, you know, healthy options for dieting needs. I, I saw just a number of new launches having success there, whether it was, you know, extra virgin olive oil or, you know, flax seeds and, and things like that, for example. And, um, you know, then I, I continue to see some new varieties, whether it's, you know, the spinach and herb and sprouted whole grains and options with high fiber. Um, those all were kind of some things that I saw that were having some success. And, you know, shifting over to pita and flatbreads, just in terms of, again, things that I saw that were maybe newer or even existing items that had success in 2020, just some of the themes, you know, I saw a lot of the flatbread dippers, so snacking, um, the flatbread rounds, so, you know, are used for sandwiches, very convenient. And then just one last point, you know, I think also, um, you know, what that category has done really well is just really tap into additional eating occasions. Just it's more than just pizza, right? It's snacking sandwiches, it's 
you know, unique items to use flatbread for breakfast occasions. So it's, it's, I think a lot of the flatbread and, um, you know, pita producers have really helped with giving consumers, you know, unique options to enjoy flatbreads throughout the day. Yeah, that seems to be a theme, a driving theme of um, looking for creative ways to use these products in the kitchen and elevate our at-home eating experience since we're not going to restaurants as much anymore. So what are you anticipating for the future of bread and rolls and what lasting impact do you expect the pandemic will have on this category? Yeah, just a great question. Um, So you know, we know many consumers are still struggling to pay their rents and their and their mortgages this month. And, you know, many consumers have been negatively impacted financially during the pandemic. You know, food banks are strapped. And, you know, many experts are saying it, it could be up to a decade to fully recover from this pandemic. And so all these things are, are really having a tremendous impact on, you know, the, CP, the CPG industry as well as the, the bakery aisle. But, you know, I think value offerings are, are certainly going to be important, um, you know, helping those consumers that might be struggling. You know, but on the, on the flip side of that, um, there's many consumers that are really seeking out premium offerings. So those that can afford it, um, you know, are, are really wanting to um, splurge. So, you know, I think the industry should not shy away from, from premium. You know, we're seeing many premium and artisan brands doing really well um, in 2020, and I expect them to continue to do well in, in 2021. And like I said, it, for those that can afford more premium, um, they, they, they want it and they want to bring that restaurant experience home. So I think um, that's a theme that we'll continue to see. You know, we, we talked about health and wellness and, and better for you. And, you know, so I, I do think holistic health and well-being is, is it will continue to be on the rise. You know, 35 percent of consumers are, are doing more to take care of their physical and emotional health now versus before COVID. And, you know, so in thinking about product messaging or, or innovation moving forward, you know, again, 31% of consumers are, are more focused on their health as a result of the pandemic. And, you know, there's a large percent, 22% are, are changing their eating habits to be healthier. So I think that's going to be uh, important to continue to have, you know, health and wellness options available. And I think that will continue to be important. And, you know, low sugar, low carb, high protein diets continue to be very popular um, throughout the store and, and and in the bakery aisle. And, you know, I don't think we're going to hopefully not be in this pandemic forever and we'll eventually turn a corner. You know, I do think, you know, as restaurants continue to increase capacity, you know, and people, you know, the the competition for food, the food dollar was certainly going to heat up. And I do think there will be, you know, some, some week to week erosions, right. And in the gains that were achieved and fresh bread and rolls, throughout 2020, right? That, that is going to erode eventually and, and come back down to earth. Um, but, you know, not all consumers are going to be ready to re-engage with restaurant dining. So there's still, you know, great opportunity, you know, for retailers and manufacturers, right, to continue to provide convenient meal solutions for in-home meals. Um, and it's interesting, you know, I was reading an article the other day, like big companies, 
like Unilever, you know, they're going to have a hybrid model, even when the pandemic comes to an end, where they're going to allow employees, you know, to work partially from home and partially in the office. So, you know, I don't know that there's going to be a complete return to pre-COVID levels, right? So I I there's going to be a handful of consumers who are working from home more often than, you know, than pre-COVID. And then just lastly, I would say, you know, e-commerce is a big deal. It's, it was really well before the pandemic. Um, Online dollar sales for the bakery aisle were up over a hundred percent in 2020. Um, And, you know, when we talk to consumers who have shopped online, you know, they're telling us that they're going to continue to do a large share of their, you know, overall shopping online after the pandemic. You know, fresh bread and rolls specifically, their online sales in 2020 was, you know, $1.2 billion and it was growing almost 120%. So, you know, I, I think with click and collect and how easy retailers have made it and, and the convenience, um, I I do think that's going to continue to be important, um, you know, post pandemic. And it's just so important for, you know, brands to, you know, be first on the list. Um, If you think about people online shopping, you know, they search for brands and, and then they add you to their cart, they make their purchase. And when they come back for a, a repeat visit, they go into their history and they pick the same brands and the same products. There's not a lot of browsing. So it's just so important, I think, for, you know, any bakery company to make sure they're top of mind and getting on that list for the first time so that they can enjoy those repeat, you know, visits online. E-commerce is the big story of 2020, and you'll hear about its impact in every one of these episodes. Tim Latesto told me how Alpha Baking quickly scaled the learning curve of e-commerce. A bigger trend that we're seeing is that e-commerce kind of finally happened the way it had been predicted for so long that, you know, people would start shopping online more, doing more shopping from home. It had been promised. uh, We hadn't seen it. And 2020 really was the year when we finally saw that, that, that happening. What did that look like for Alpha Baking? Are you guys in the e-commerce space or um, is that mostly still through third-party apps? Well, for us, we were in it. We had a toe in it, I would say. Um, We weren't fully prepared at the time. Thankfully, we were somewhat prepared. We were were on a lot of the e-commerce sites with retailers on our own and a little bit through third parties. Um, So we were set up, but we didn't have all our items available we weren't watching it closely enough, to be honest, uh, because the numbers weren't there before. And now we have someone really dedicated to e-commerce who's kind of taken it to the next level for us. We have all of our items where they make sense. Um, we watch it like a hawk. We promote. You know, we we treat it more like another division now instead of an afterthought. When it comes to e-commerce. Um, what are some of the kind of growing pains you felt and how did you overcome those? Like what, what are some of the key learnings you took from that boom in e-commerce? Honestly, the biggest kind of shock to us was that we didn't really speak the language. You know, we didn't, 
you know, promotions on e-commerce are not offering 10 cents off. You know, they're, they're doing different bid systems to get clicks and to get proper placement. And, you know, it's just a different world. And, you know, I, like I said, I don't think we spoke the language when we started. And, and now I think we're, we're more fluent. So what's the verdict, Tim? Is sliced bread back? Is it here to stay? For now, absolutely. Uh, I, I do think it's going to continue to have some, you know, very solid performance. But I, I do expect that, you know, the back half of the year, um, you know, things will come back down to normal and they're going to be passing really aggressive growth numbers from 2020. So, you know, I, I think that things are going to come back down to normal, you know, sometime late 2021, you know, but, but we'll see. You know, hopefully this pandemic, we can all get by it with the vaccines. And, uh, you know, I think we're all rooting for, uh, you know, things returning back to normal. Weston Foods plans to keep the momentum of 2020 bread sales going by providing elevated breads for meals. Here's what Luke had to say about the future. So what do you think the future holds for the bread buns and rolls category? And how does Weston Foods plan to build off the momentum to keep at least some of the sales growth we saw? Yeah, for us, we're, uh, we're, uh, we, we believe that bread is a very strong uh, future place. Bread plays an essential uh, part in many uh, consumers' uh, life. And consumers, more than ever, have shown their love for the baked goods and for total bakeries and bread. So for us, we continue to invest in uh, innovation that will elevate the enjoyment, the taste and experience of uh, breads. And we look forward to working, continue to work with uh, with our retailer customers and our food service partners to elevate the meals that North Americans are, are consuming every day. Any parting thoughts um, for our listeners, um, the bakers, on how they can kind of keep that momentum going for the for this category of products? Yeah, you know, I think that um, you know, as I mentioned, every category has some some unique areas of opportunity. I think um, you know, for like I mentioned, for flatbreads and pitas. How do they understand who those new buyers are? How do they continue to appeal to those new buyers and, and keep them, you know, in their franchise going forward? That's going to be really important. You know, I think for, you know, fresh bread and rolls um, and tortillas, it's really about those retained and existing buyers, you know, purchasing a lot more, what can they do to, you know, really focus in on maintaining those high buy rates with, you know, convenient, you know, options. And, you know, it goes back to whether it's health and wellness and better for you or helping them feel normal with, you know, a a comforting meal. I think if they can do those type of things, um, you know, they'll have some success in 2021. Well, thank you, Tim, so much for walking us through all of this really valuable data. Yeah, absolutely. It was super fun. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Scent Sliced Bread. If you'd like to join the conversation, leave us a voicemail at 816-968-7772. 
Or you can record a message using the Voice Memo app on your smartphone and email it to podcast at sozlin.com. Don't forget to subscribe to Scent Slice Bread on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts and drop us a review. We'd also like to thank our sponsor for this episode, Lasoff. In addition to clean label extended shelf life solutions, Lasoff's SAF Pro portfolio includes ingredients for clean label dough conditioning. Contact Lasoff's technical experts to learn more about these ingredients or to find custom solutions that fit your needs for clean label functionality in buns, rolls, and other baked products. Since Sliced Bread is a baking and snack podcast produced by Anna Weiber and Taryn Parker and hosted by Charlotte Atchley.